Let us be attentive. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all. With the reading is from the Holy Gospel according to John. Let us be attentive. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they made a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was to betray him said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and as he had the money box, he used to take what was put into it. Jesus said, let her alone, let her keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only on account of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. 
So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus also to death because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, a great crowd who had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand this at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that this had been written of him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this song. of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Have you ever experienced this? Have you ever had a member of the Jehovah's Witness or a member of the Latter-day Saints, commonly known as the Mormons. Have you ever had a member of the, one of those groups come to your door and seek to encourage you in a conversation about either the Bible or God in general? Perhaps it's happened to many of us. Not quite as common in the last several years, but this was a common practice that most households experienced. Or let's take a bit of a different approach. Have you ever been to a large-scale Christian event where a major Christian, typically Protestant, preacher is featured? And that event normally has a, a variety of activities, anything from Christian songs to prayers to readings to sermons to X games to basketball games, everything. How did you feel? How did you feel whenever you encountered something of that type? 
either a major public event or a very private event at your door. Most of us in 21st century America do not seem to enjoy those interactions. It just doesn't come all that natural to us. And frankly, in some cases, we feel accosted, sometimes even invaded. Some of these large-scale events or large-scale festivals can actually feel rather good. For any of you who have experienced them, as I have, they are actually momentarily rather fulfilling. But it really is just an emotional feel-good experience which does not last. And it does not automatically translate into anything meaningful long-term. Frankly, it's rather impossible to sustain it, is it not? You really can't have a revival experience every single week with 10,000 people all doing both X Games and intense silent prayer, right? We're just not built that way. Society is not built that way. And frankly, even if society were to build a structure to maintain that, our psyche would not be able to take it. Now imagine, I'm going to leave that behind a little bit, and I want to take you back and ask you to imagine the actual Palm Sunday, the day when Jesus Christ in person entered Jerusalem riding on the colt of a donkey. We've heard the readings, we've heard the stories, we hear the hymns, and we learn that there was throngs of people all engaged in all kinds of pomp and circumstance with whatever they had available. They didn't have strobe lights, they didn't have electricity, right? They didn't have confetti, they didn't have loudspeakers. Did you all notice that we actually fixed the sound system? But whatever they had available to them out of the creation either of God, the palm branches, or a creation of their own garments and rugs and, and coverings, they laid out, they presented, so that they can use the entirety of God's creation to welcome Jesus to welcome a rabbi who stood out above all the others of that time in that region and whom some of them, not all, perhaps very few at this point still, some of them recognized as being far beyond a typical human being. And they welcomed him such. Now imagine yourself, brothers and sisters, each of you take a moment to imagine yourself not being the woman who was healed of a 38-year-long 30 flow of blood that no doctor could heal. Not being the daughter of Jairus. Not being 
the blind man who was given sight, not being the leper who was healed by the word of God and through the faith that they had. Imagine yourself, in other words, not being someone who directly interacted with Christ Jesus and directly experienced the power of his miracle-working presence. Imagine even being someone who doesn't even know any of those people. Imagine yourself being someone somewhat removed who heard about the fame of this rabbi and you're present. And you go to see what's happening with all this fanfare. You go to see what's happening. What would you think? What would you think of that man, Jesus? And what would you think of all those people laying down palm branches and their clothes? Think deeply of that. In other words, how would you present your, yourself if you were perhaps one who indirectly experienced Jesus? Let's return to the initial questions that I offered you. You see, brothers and sisters, even if we feel sometimes invaded by these questioning members of various different groups, faith groups, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, etc., even if we do not like that experience, we have something in our hearts that gives them the benefit of the doubt, do we not? Each and every one of us also has a mitigating factor in the back of the mind because we believe that they come overall with a good message, with a good intent. Perhaps not all, but most of them, I firmly believe, do that work because they truly believe in the Lord our God. And they try to do His will as they understand His will. Even if they are misguided in theology, even if they have fallen off the cursory of the history of the Christian church in oneness, even if those things are real, the reality is that they come with a good kernel of the truth of God. And they present themselves in His name. Perhaps you'll remember the verse from the Gospel of John that I offered you just a moment at the very beginning. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But brothers and sisters, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, the question begs, why did Christ come to Jerusalem on this day that we celebrate with this feast some two millennia ago? What was his purpose for coming to Jerusalem on that very day? He certainly had been to the city before. It wasn't his first time. He already had followers there. He wasn't alone. We know he was welcomed with pomp and circumstance. 
The answer is easy. Yes, it is easy, brothers and sisters. We find it in Holy Week, in the week that follows this feast. We find it in every day of that week. We find the answer in every service of that week, especially on Holy Friday and the resurrection services. In other words, Christ enters Jerusalem to suffer. Christ enters Jerusalem getting ready to be mocked, to be persecuted, to be tortured, to be killed with a shameful death on the cross, not because he was expecting a punishment or deserving a punishment, but because he chooses to sacrifice himself before his brothers and sisters, you and me. He did not come to receive palm branches. He came to receive spittings and the whip and torture and vinegar instead of water. He came ready to offer himself. You see, even the event that we experience together with those of his time who actually laid palms on the ground for him to walk on, that was actually a foreshadowing not of his entry into a city that he visited many times before. It's a foreshadowing, brothers and sisters, of him welcoming us in the kingdom of heaven because of what comes after, because of what we celebrate for the next seven, eight days. Fear not, O daughter of Zion, the king is coming. We find references to this encouragement to rejoice and to be bold without fear to the daughter of Zion, right? We find this reference in a number of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah in particular. So you see, when the people heard that word from the teachings, they actually had a reference point that perhaps had a greater meaning to them than it does to us. But they were told to not be afraid because the king is coming. And when a king comes who is my king, I receive victory. I receive the conquering of a battle. This is who comes. And they knew that they received a conqueror who liberates. All of us who seek to be children of God have nothing to fear, for he comes to bring victory to each of us even today. 
He comes to be with us in our moment of greatest need. And He is the Almighty. He brings us out of any trial and tribulation, even and precisely when the outcome is not what we envision. He walks through our greatest suffering with us and brings us to a result which is most beneficial, perhaps not for this temporary world, but for a joyful eternity with Him. So, brothers and sisters, how does Jesus enter our life with that Palm Sunday glory? We believe in Him and we follow Him, or at least we claim so. But yes, we already believe in His death and resurrection for us. Make it simple. Make it simple in your everyday, brothers and sisters. If we are facing anything that is challenging today, this week, this month, this year, which seems like a major challenge to you now, take this Sunday and the Gospel passage as a reminder that truly God is with you and He guides you to eternal happiness by taking on the greatest pain of your life upon Him. We believe that we walk with Him toward the Kingdom of Heaven and we strive to live a life that gains us that eternity in the Kingdom. But even with everyday tasks, brothers and sisters, let's remember that as He enters and as we invite Him and we glorify Him for His entry into the city, into the Jerusalem of our hearts, He helps us conquer any challenge. Perhaps it's just a quarrel with your spouse. Perhaps it's a misunderstanding with your child or parent. Perhaps it's trouble at work. Perhaps it's losing weight or looking for a job. Welcome Him as if it was Palm Sunday every day, being assured that the greatest portion of the challenge you face and you are afraid of, He already has taken on. And with God, all things are possible. Amen.